getting started. This is South Coast Tonight with Chris McCarthy and Marcus Farrow. They've got you covered on all the news of the day. From local issues to politics on both sides of the aisle. This is the place where the movers and shakers come to be heard. To listen. And where they're held accountable. This is South Coast Tonight on WBSM. Welcome to South Coast Tonight. I'm Marcus. Chris McCarthy will be back tomorrow, but I'm joined now by candidate uh, for state rep in the 10th Bristol District against uh, Bill Strauss, um, Rick Chapillo. Rick, how are you? Marcus, I am excellent. Um, I've had an awesome week, and I first want to start off by thanking you personally for being a great proponent to myself and my opponent, Mr. Strauss, to let us come in, have a conversation with you and your listeners. Uh, you've been a real gentleman during this uh, process, and I really want to thank you for that, sir. I appreciate that. Uh, you know, that's what the, that's what the uh, the show was founded on, trying to get the candidates in front of the people uh, and letting the people decide uh, who they want. So how has the campaign uh, gone? It's been going excellent. I am in being a football guy the fourth quarter, <laughs> and I have made it a point these past two weeks to be out personally meeting people, shaking hands. I have been to stop and shop on King's Highway over here in Fairhaven, to every breakfast place between here and Rochester. And I have to tell you, Marcus, I am so enthused with the response I'm personally getting. Um, I have passed out probably over 2,000 pieces of literature flyers on my campaign. And I start off with a very brief message when I meet somebody. Hi, I'm Rick Trapillo. I'm a conservative Democrat running to be a next state representative. And a lot of people say, thank you, Rick, for running. I've seen your signs all over town. And then some people get into a conversation and they say, what are you about? What do you want to do for us? How do you want to help the South Coast? And I say, pretty simple. I said, being a conservative Democrat doesn't mean I'm a Republican. I said, God forbid I'm called that. I said, it, it means that I'm an old school Democrat that believes in helping the people that need help the most. And I want to fight for tax reduction. And I tell them that I really got into this race, Marcus, because of my opponent, made the statement that really motivated me to say this gentleman does not understand the needs of working family seniors when he went against repealing our gas tax, stating he was for bankers and bond ratings. And they go, well, that's not so bad. And I said, well, that's the first point. Second point is we're in Taxachusetts and some of my fellow Democrats don't like me saying that, but that's okay. I'm looking to go to Beacon Hill to make a difference, not to get along, to, to shake the tree. And I say, listen, folks, we have $8.1 in excess capital in the Rainy Day Fund. Mm -hmm. Today, the state auditor, Marcus, I'm sure you know, announced she has not yet certified the audit, but there's about $2.94 billion that has to, by law, come back to the taxpayers. Yes. That needs to come back to the taxpayers as soon as possible. Yeah. So I said, listen, I want to fight for tax reduction. I don't want us to be overtaxed in this state when we're in this inflationary period. And then I say, if I'm going to focus my efforts on helping people, I believe we as a society are judged by how we help our children with education and how we help our seniors. And for me, Marcus, our seniors have not got the full attention by helping cover for them their Medicare expenses. I believe that seniors should not be required after contributing to this commonwealth their entire lives, paying taxes, have to pay for out-of-pocket expenses for their medical. So 
in a state as significantly wealthy and as innovative as Massachusetts, I'd like to fight for that benefit for our senior citizens. And for our children's, we need to get them the best education as possible. We need to provide them meals from K through 12. No child in this state should ever be in school hungry, not deserving a meal. So people say, Rick, I like the message. I love your enthusiasm. I see your signs all over town. I'm going to give you a chance. So I'm very optimistic. I, I feel so good tonight, Marcus, sitting here in front of you. Totally different than when I came in over the summer, which seems like 100 years ago. I know. It's been a, I'm sure it's been a long summer for you. I know campaigning is uh, very tiring, um, but you seem to really be energized by it. So, Rick, uh, you made a point about being a conservative Democrat, which I think is really, and you've run ads here um, uh, to that point, saying that you're a conservative Democrat. I think that's interesting branding. It's not something that most people do. Um, you did tell me you were a lifelong Democrat, and then I find out that you were a Republican in the 90s. I was a Republican for an election in the 90s, and I totally forgot that. I had a wonderful interview with Grace. She said, hey, Rick, do you remember voting as a Republican in the 90s? And I said, geez, no, I don't. So I called up the local town hall, and they said, yes, you pulled papers in a primary. Well, it said the 96 and 98 primary, I think the Secretary of State yeah, said. There was there was two there. So I said, yeah, I guess I forgot what happened 27 years ago. So I says, Excuse me, but for the last 25 plus years, I have been in the Democratic Party and voted. But I did so at that time, Marcus. Uh, my dad was a World War II hero. And it was in particular to a gentleman by the name of Bob Dole. A lot of the younger voters don't even know that historically. But quite a good guy. So I felt compelled to do that. Have no regrets. It shows, I think, I hope to the voters that Rick Trapillo has an open mind that I can work with people across the aisle, just like you were talking about Mr. Markey. So sometimes for me, it's not the party, it's the person. And uh, at that time, I did respect that gentleman totally and stand by that, so very proud of it, uh, no regrets. Um, and I look forward to being a very, very vocal Democrat up in Beacon Hill. We're speaking with Rick Trapillo, candidate for the 10th Bristol District. So um, when I was talking to because uh, you'd asked to come on, and I, I was like, of course, sure, that sounds great. And uh, the conversation I had before was uh, you had something to say about the the upcoming vote on the MBTA district. Now, obviously, Bill Strauss has been instrumental in the uh, South Coast Rail coming back. Um, we have this vote in the MBTA district. I just had uh, someone from uh, Transportation for Massachusetts say that this vote ultimately in the grand scheme of things won't really matter because the legislature is going to act uh, on it if the people don't. So what is your thoughts on the arrival of South Coast Rail and uh, the vote on the MBTA district? Marcus, that's an excellent question. Um, I hope the people in the city in New Bedford support that vote and approve it. Um, it would be a pity if they did not to create all that confusion. Yeah. So I, I hope it's approved. Uh, Mayor Mitchell was speaking with Mr. Barry Richards today on uh, WBSM. And he gave us a long time coming for that interview. It was. <laughs> yeah. And, and um, I so respect the mayor. He's he's always articulate. He always has his facts straight. And as you said earlier in the program, it, it's a negligible cost to the city of New Bedford. It'll kind of like balance itself out. Yeah. So it's good that it'll happen, Marcus. But it really brings up the leadership as me being a business person versus my opponent being a litigator. I don't know how, Marcus, we as a legislature, Democratic legislature, have really missed two key legal requirements. The first being this transportation issue. I don't know who's responsible. 
I would love to just say it's my opponent, Mr. Strauss, but I won't do that. But somebody. Sounds like you did. Sounds like I did. Maybe I did. I think I did, Marcus. He is in charge of transportation. Good Lord, how can you miss the fact that you need a vote to get this rail system in if you've spent billions of dollars? So that's something that the legislature, my opponent, has really missed a lot of opportunities. You know, if we're talking about that, people will ask me, well, you know, your opponent, he has a very powerful position as head of the transportation. Yes. And I said, you know, he's been very quiet on that the last few months. And if I were Mr. Strauss, I wouldn't talk about that because the transportation system in the state of Massachusetts, one of the best states in the Commonwealth, one of the best states in the country for innovation, is a disgrace. We've just had a review by the Federal Transportation Administration, which basically looked at our system as in total disrepair, injuring people, fatalities, etc. So when you have a federal board come in to review your efforts as the head of the transportation department for us, there's a problem. In the private sector, where I worked heading up corporations, you'd be fired if such a review happened. So there is a tremendous lack of innovative leadership building our transportation system in this Commonwealth. As I shared with you in some of my earlier conversations, we need innovation. That train that came down to the South Coast, I wish was done with innovation to be a high-speed rail to reduce the transit time. I think it'll help, Marcus, as you commented earlier, bring in business, to the south coast and bring us up to the Boston area. Traffic's atrocious, it but is. it's not going to be the game changer, it, which it could have been if it was done right. So, you do you think it's you think it's um, Bill Strauss's fault that the trans that we have one of the worst transportation infrastructures in the country? It feels like a problem that predates him. Um, even thirty, even though he's been in for thirty years, <laughs> Marcus, you you set yourself up. Uh, Bill's been there for three decades, sir. Yeah. We sent a man to the moon in less than ten. Um, come on, um, you're head of a transportation organization that has billions of dollars available to it. The brightest people in the country, in the world. Um, you don't have a system fall apart. The governor, Mr. Baker, Governor Baker is doing his due diligence on the way out to make sure that the orange line gets repaired within 30 days. It closed down, Marcus, when kids are going back to school. It's a drama in Boston. If, if the people on the South Coast were experiencing what they were doing in Boston right now, there'd be a revolution down here. So yes, he is responsible. When you head up that department, you take ownership for the good and the bad. What I've noticed being in this race as a newcomer the incumbents have the advantage of being like Santa Claus. They can walk around, be in the parades. They can pass out the APA money. They can do all of that. But when the problems occur, it's amazing how everybody's like stone cold silent on who missed the vote on the rail, all the problems with the T, uh, the bridge now in Fairhaven between New Bedford. There's another study going on. Uh, and, you know, when things are in study in the legislature, it's hundreds of millions of dollars to have a study instead of having somebody like myself, who's a business person, who takes an action, who's had to make a budget, who's fiscally responsible, says, let's build the bridge. Let's correct, correct our transit system. So we're two different people, Mr. Strauss and I. 
Bill's a lawyer, I'm a builder. So I'm gonna take that initiative, I'm gonna take that energy that I have in my system to make a difference in Beacon Hill, to bring some new ideas. So we're speaking with Rick Trapillo, candidate for 10th Special District. Uh, you can give us a call at 508-996-0500. So I was looking at OCPF and I'm looking at it again. Uh, it looks like, you know, you've raised a significant amount of money. I know you had a fundraiser at the Black Whale uh, back in early uh, back in early June. Uh, it looks like after that you've had uh, a, uh, your campaign has largely been uh, self-funded. Uh, see you and your wife here in OCPF. I always say investment in your campaign is important to show that people are invested in your campaign. Um, why have you been self-funding for the last two months? That's a great question, Marcus. I hate asking people for money. My best part of Christmas is in giving, not receiving. I'm, I'm a giver, not a taker. Um, I never was my entire life. Um, I had the fundraiser at the Black Wheel. It was awesome. I, re I earned a lot of money. I felt so uncomfortable that night having people there to pay to support people in politics. A lot of people asked me, uh, the new owners at Pub 65, great couple, they asked to hold one for me at Pub 65, they asked to hold one at their new restaurant at Rustico, uh, Mr. Silverstein did. And I said, you know what? I wanna prove to the voters that I'm in this to win it. And I mean business. So my wife, Margaret, my lifesaver said, we're gonna invest our money to show to people that we want to contribute what we've done our whole lives to the South Coast and win this election for the people of the South Coast. So we made a conscious decision that we would fund the last part of this campaign. And what we've done uh, very significantly, Marcus, uh, you were talking about direct mailers, uh, we sent out 12,500 mailers into mm -hmm. the South Coast going from Rochester to New Bedford. And we had a different message going into the Tri-Town and into the New Bedford, a Cushnet Fairhaven market. Um, we have done a tremendous amount of printing with Mallet Printing over in Fall River. They did a great job. Uh, we have done radio ads on your, yes. news, on your news station. Appreciate that. It was excellent. Uh, yeah, that was quite a nice experience. I think, Marcus, I'm the first person to get my three ads done with one take. The gentleman that did <laughs> yeah. the editing did a great job. Jason, but, yeah, um, awesome. That part of politics is um, something that I don't like. As I said, I'm a giver. Um, the firemen, we were gonna do something in New Bedford. Uh, my, my, my best appreciation at the pub was in holding fundraisers, uh, Toys for Tots, helping the firemen who do an awesome job raise money with that police. So I didn't wanna do another fundraiser. And I was very low key in that donate button. I, I, I hated that. Uh, maybe in the next election, um, after I hopefully win this one, which I believe I'm going to, I'll do that, but the first time I wanted to prove to people that Rick Trapillo and Margaret were committed to win this race with our hard-earned dollars. And my wife and I have worked very hard for every penny we've put into this campaign. Um, that's a great answer. Uh, on a scale of one to 10, what's your confidence level that you're gonna win? 11. 11. And I'll tell you why, Marcus. Um, I didn't have the money to do <laughs> polling, but... Um, of the people I've met, and let's say out of 10 people, I'll get a uh, couple people, you're a damn Democrat. 
<laughs> I would never vote for you as if you were the last person in the world. And then they have a lot of people that say, boy, I'm an independent. I like what you're saying. I'm going to vote for you. I have a couple people, and, and I'm not being demeaning to my opponent, a couple of people that have said, hey, I'm going to go with uh, Mr. Strauss. And I say, thank you for that. And I said, thank you for voting. And then I get a lot of people say, hey, Rick, I see your signs all over the place. Thank you for finally running against a gentleman that's been in for 30 years. It must have taken a lot of courage to do so. And I can tell you, Marcus, it did. And it was very revealing to myself uh, the pride I had for my wife and I. We went in to do early voting this week. And we met a dear friend walking into Fairhaven. When you see your name in the ballot, it's a humbling experience. Yeah, It, it. really, really is. And um, I didn't take a picture in the ballot box, but I took a picture up in the wall and I sent it to our four children. And I said, I want each of you to think some point in your careers to give back to the community that you live in and to run for an office, be it a school committee, be it uh, a board of selectmen, be it for a town delegate, give back to the community. We need to have more people run for offices. Um, we don't have enough of that. There are so many races across this Commonwealth that we talked about, Marcus, where people are uncontested. That's wrong. Mm -hmm. um, Mr. Strauss and I... You're had, one of 10% of... Uh, uh, this is one of 10% of the races in the Commonwealth that have a primary. Right. It's, it's, it's unfortunate because... I'll commend Mr. Strauss. I think he's been out more in the last three, four months than he has in the last 10 years... He, he's he's come out, he's talked to people. Um, I've met him, he's he's a gentleman. Um, I wanna win the election over him because I know I'll do a better job. But I think when you have a good dialogue, it brings up new ideas. And if anything I wanna bring to the Commonwealth and to the legislature for the South Coast, it's new ideas and new enthusiasm. So, um, so Rick, uh, you have, uh, actually, I want to. I actually want to ask you this. You obviously pulled the Democratic ballot because you voted for yourself in this in this election. Are you prepared to tell us who else you voted for down ballot in the uh, in the primary? Um, I don't even remember honestly. I was kind of <laughs> I was kind of like Marcus when I walked in there. Yeah, it was it was surreal. Honestly, I've worked so damn hard over these last five months that I, I must say it's, um, I'm running on pure energy now. I gave up coffee a year coffee a year ago, so I don't have that as a catalyst, but I don't need it. Um, uh, it's a blur and I'm not being evasive with the answer. Sure. I went in there and there's one circle that I know I did and I told my wife, you make that as black as uh, the Dickens so that that shows up as a vote for Rick Trapillo. So that's the one I'm positive I voted for. So, uh, Rick, you have been one of the primary, um, I think, tenets of your campaign is uh, being uh, more um, pro law enforcement. You got an endorsement from the Mass Coalition of Police. Uh, I remember the debate um, that was put on by the Tritown Dem Committee that you said that uh, one of the first things you did was criticize um, um, 
uh, Chairman Strauss for voting against or even voting for the, the police reform bill. Why did you decide that that was an important issue uh, in this campaign? And do you think it's going to resonate? I think I asked you this before, but do you think it's going to resonate with Democratic voters uh, in, in the 10th? Absolutely, positively, yes, Marcus. Everybody that I say that to, I, I do two things, and you asked me the question, I didn't finish it off. I say I'm for fiscal conservative Democrat wanting to reduce our taxes at the pump and in our pockets, and I also support our police. Marcus, nine out of 10 people say thank you. People are genuinely concerned with what they see going across the country, and they don't want that here. I think here on the South Coast, uh, police officers are doing a good job. Sure. Uh, Mayor Mitchell is. But I think in talking to the police departments and some of the police officers, they do feel unappreciated. They do feel undersupported. They do want additional funding for more resources. Um, I would love it if we could fund, Marcus, additional training to bring into call centers. People that are expertise in sociology so that they can understand the difference between somebody that may look like they're having a very aggressive behavior to somebody, but they may be autistic. I had a gentleman say that to me at Stop and Shop yesterday. Mm -hmm. We talked for 20 minutes, and he says, Rick, my concern is my son, if he gets into a severe mood and he's out, that they're not going to understand he's autistic. Yeah. So I think if we give our police officers who are courageous people, good people, they're there to serve and protect. They go and they help. If we give them more training, more resources, they can help the community today with family issues, with issues on drugs, with gun violence, but being just better members of the community. Um, they're the backbone of the community that people say, I'm gonna come in and invest in New Bedford. I feel safe in the South Coast to go out to a restaurant. Um, that's what we want. So I'm very proud that I started that campaign on the fundamental for public safety and for tax reduction and education. So the, the endorsement for the uh, Mass Coalition of Police, Marcus, um, I didn't have the luxury of the Rolodex that my opponent did, Mr. Strauss, to call up and get the endorsements that he did. And, and I'm okay with that. I, I understand that incumbents are taken care of by the incumbents. But I was so proud to receive the unanimous endorsement from the Mass Coalition of Police. And they said, Rick, thank you. We need people to understand that we're doing our best. Give us the funding to help us do better. So I was very, very, very proud and humbled by that endorsement, Marcus. We'll say the um, training to confront or um, properly handle uh, in a situation with individuals with autism is something that resonates with me. Uh, I have a brother who's living with autism. I'm the chairperson. That's of the, right. That's right. I'm a chairperson of the town, uh, the town's commission on disability here, and uh, we've we've you know I've worked with um, my friend Kevin Cobza, uh, the uh, public information officer here, to right. um, get a uh, form uh, to register individuals um, who may. Great idea. Yeah. So so uh, so. Uh, that's something that actually resonates with me. Yeah. 508-996-0500. Let's go to the phones. Good evening. You're live. Good evening, gentlemen. This is Sam calling. How are you? <laughs> hey, Sam. How you doing? I'm doing good. Rick, I uh, I want you to know that I voted early the other day, and I voted for you. And it's because back in the beginning of the summer, um, I met you at the post office. Uh, you were standing outside. Um, I forget what time of day it was. But I went in and just said hello to you on the way in. And on the way out, you stopped me and asked me 
if I had a minute to talk. And um, you impressed me that day. Uh, I'm unenrolled. Um, and I was just impressed, and I've been following you since then. Um, I'm not usually big into politics, but I like what you get to say, and, I, and I'm hoping you, um, you, you win this one. I really do. Thank you, Sam. That was probably my first best hangout over at the post office. And uh, there's just so many wonderful people coming in there. And I've really, Sam, taken a real pleasure. I'm a people person. I went out and got every one of my signatures for, to get me on the ballot. And I've gone out this past week and since I've been campaigning the last five months to meet people. Because you, sir, are the voice of what I'm going to represent in Beacon Hill. So thank you so much for your vote, Sam. I truly, truly appreciate it. Yeah, you know, in, in fact, it was, uh, you were getting signatures, as a matter of fact. That's exactly what it was. Um, <laughs> exactly. And I, and I never, I'll be honest with you, I've, I've never signed another person's uh, um, ballot like that to get on the ballot, uh, oh. signature. Um, because I just, like I said, I don't follow politics close enough to feel comfortable about it. And I didn't know much about you at the time, but I just, I, I, something told me to go with it. And, uh, and I did, so. Thank you so much, Sam. I truly appreciate it. Thanks for the call, Sam. Appreciate it. Uh, Rick, can you stay after uh, for a little bit after this uh, after this commercial break? Sure. I'll have to call my wife to see if I can stay out late, but I think she'll let me. <laughs> okay, sounds good. Fourteen twenty WB. Joined by uh, Rick Chapillo, candidate for the tenth Bristol district. Rich, Rick, where? So you told me earlier. That you, your confidence level is an 11, that you're going to be the next rep for the 10th Bristol District, that you're going to be my state rep. Now, where are you going to be celebrating that on election night? I am going to be at my home with my wife, Margaret, um, our children, uh, some dear friends, Patricia, Mark, Jim Casey. Uh, some good people will be at the house, um, probably a couple bottles of white and red wine. Mm -hmm. um, but win or lose... Uh, I'm going to celebrate because this has been an absolutely wonderful journey for myself and my family. Um, I have no regrets. Whatever the people decide, I'm going to go with. If Mr. Strauss wins, I'll congratulate him. I'll support him. If Rick Trapillo wins, I'm going to get up the next morning because this is a two-game playoff. Um, you win this one, and then you go on to the November election, and I'm going to work like hell to win in November. But uh, I'll be at home. Uh, but between now and then, I'm going to be out passing out literature, meeting people. Um, it's not going to be over for me till Monday night at about 8 o'clock. I'm going to call it quits and go home. That's um, that's actually a good question. Uh, if you win, will you, would you accept uh, Chairman Strauss's support? If he wins, would you support him against the, his Republican opponent? Absolutely, yes. Absolutely, yes. Um, w without question. Uh, we're in the same party. Um, I'm at the more conservative end of the party, but I would, uh, without question, I would expect his support. Um, we're fighting for the good of the Commonwealth, and I think we both could do a good job. I think I'm bringing new talent, new innovation, new inspiration to the job. Um, I want to do it, Marcus. I want to win this. Um, if I do win, I can promise to the voters in the 10th Bristol that one of the things I will do for my management background is I am going to have an active, open office in the South Coast. My opponent's office has been closed for months. Um, I don't know why that's, that's an issue to ask my opponent. But I would like to set up an office somewhere in between uh, Fairhaven, which I think is a nice central area. And it's going to be staffed. And I'm going to be there. 
I'm going to have a pot of coffee going. I'm going to have some tea. I'm a big tea drinker. I want to meet people, Marcus. I want to talk to that gentleman, Sam, again. I want to talk to the gentleman that I met at Stop and Shop that has the autistic son. Because that keeps legislators, that keeps people that are elective in touch with people. As we talked during the break, Marcus, what impressed me so much about this, meeting the thousands of people that I have, we're all pretty much the same. We all have the same issues. We all have the same concerns. We all want good for our kids. We all want to. We all want to do good. So I'm going to have an active office. I'll have it open. I'll be there meeting people. I'll be there learning. I've always said in business, I have two ears, so I should listen twice as much as I talk, which is difficult for me. Just ask my wife. Uh, I'm a chatty Kathy, but but I want to learn from people to be able to address current issues and new issues going forward. So I want to be a very visible, hands-on person. Is there any legislation uh, that you'd propose that you'd put forward in Beacon Hill on uh, day one uh, if you were to get sworn in? Well, day one, I have to stick to my campaign promises. I have to fight for gas reduction at the pump. I want to put plans forward on gas uh, tax reduction to our citizens. I also want to work very heavily on the supporting of our police for the additional training and the funding for the issues facing them, which are new. Uh, so those are things that I will work on immediately uh, to bring forth in the legislation. And I think there is the open opportunity. As I said in one of our last discussions, Marcus, seven state senators in Massachusetts voted for some type of reduction to our gas taxes and other taxes. So I think there's a an openness to that. Uh, we're gonna have a new governor, so that new governor is gonna have an agenda. But I want to share with that new governor, that new speaker, the speaker of the house, my ideas as resonated from the people in the 10th Bristol. Who do you want that new governor to be? Mara. So, that person I know I checked off. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that was, that, that, that was, that, that was easy enough. Uh, she didn't have an opponent, but Rick, thank you for coming on. Uh, I appreciate it. Um, uh, I appreciate you seeing the value in, in, in coming here and, and, and speaking with our audience. Uh, before I let you go, is there anything you want to leave the audience with uh, before Election Day? To everybody I've met out there, a big thank you. Thank you for the handshakes. Thank you for the encouragement. Uh, to my wife, Margaret, thank you for letting me do this venture. It's uh, It's been tough. You're a very private person. Um, Marcus, thank you again. I want to do good, Marcus. Yeah. I'm a good man, and I want to do good for the 10th Bristol. So thank you, sir. Of course, yeah. Happy to have you on. This is Rick Trapillo, candidate for the 10th Bristol District. We are going to take a break, and then we'll be back. This is South Coast Night with Marcus. Chris, we'll be back tomorrow, and I'll be taking your calls at 508-996-0500. Listen to us live. Hey, welcome back to South Coast tonight. I'm Marcus. Chris McCarthy will be back tomorrow, and when he is back, we're going to have uh, Cameron Costa, candidate, for the ninth Bristol District, uh, who's challenging Chris Markey uh, in in Dartmouth, and I told you about Chris Markey picking up that big endorsement from Governor Charlie Baker. So the future governor and the former, uh, and the, the the future governor and the the outgoing governor supporting Chris. But I'm looking forward to talking to Cameron. I've heard him speak here and in other places. Seems like a uh, smart and interesting guy. So we're looking forward to talking to him about his campaign. Uh, and that was Rick Trapillo, candidate for the 10th Bristol District, running to be my state rep. Uh, 
if you're not familiar, and I feel like it should be by now, but if you're not familiar, that's the towns of Fairhaven, all of Fairhaven, all of Marion, all of Rochester, all of Mattapoisett, uh, this, I think, southern part of Akushnet and parts of Ward 1 in uh, in New Bedford. That's the 10th Bristol District. Rick Trapillo or uh, current um, rep, uh, Chairman uh, Bill Strauss. Um, you know, I will say, or what you think of either Rick or uh, Chairman Strauss, that, or Cameron Coster, or Chris Markey, or Shannon Duke or Tom Quinn, I think in the first time in a long time, there are choices being presented to people. And, um, I mean, it makes my job better, right? <laughs> it gets me a lot more to talk about. Uh, if there were no contested elections, oh boy, I don't know what I'd be doing. I would have been doing for the last, I don't know, 100 hours I've been on the air. We South Coast Tonight has been on the air for over 100 hours uh, thus far in counting. So um, we certainly had a lot to cover. And it takes a lot of time and effort and, frankly, a lot of gumption to, to put yourself out there in the, um, in the community to go out there and campaign, to put yourself out there, even if you're running for re-election, to continue to be public-facing, uh, you know, to continue to be public-facing for, you know, as long as, uh, you know, some of our elected officials have been, and to then, you know, put yourself out there in the public and become a public figure does take a lot of, I think, uh, fortitude. You really got to be thin-skinned because there's going to be people that are going to say very not nice things about you uh, publicly, and uh, you just got to deal with it. So, um, you know, I commend everybody that's that's run uh, for election and for re-election. Again, it's it's been really exciting for me, obviously, as someone who talks about this for for a living and uh, some and just someone who's, you know, very engaged in local politics. Again, I've seen so many mailers come in. I've never seen so many mailers in my life uh, come in. I'm, and I'm not exaggerating. I've never seen so many mailers come in in my life. Uh for especially for local races again i've seen rick trapillo's mailer that that's hit my door paul haru's mailer has hit my door nick bernier's mailer has hit my door um rick trapillo's mail has hit my door bill strauss's mailers have hit my door tom quinn uh feels like he's got a mailer every day um a lot of mailers and that's a good thing that's the sh that's a show having sending out uh, mailers or multiple mailers is really a show of strength in the campaign because mailers are one of the more um, one of the more expensive components of of running a campaign I know having run a campaign how uh, expensive a uh, a direct mail uh, direct mail can be but it's if you do it right you know if you do it right if you have a clear and concise message uh, messaging with the right type of format then it's the best way to get your message out there or one of the best ways to get your message out there five. Cause you, you know, realistically you try to hit every door in your district, but you can't always hit your door, uh, every door in your district. 508-996-0500 is how you can get on. Let's go to the phones. I'm going to call the dropped off, I guess. Call back. So yeah. So, uh, it's been exciting in direct mail. Uh, I'm sure people's ha have had their, uh, doors knocked. By either Mr. Drapillo or um, or Chairman Strauss in the uh, in the 10th Bristol District, or Cameron Costa or Chris Markey, right? And um, I think that's cool. 
you really, um, but yeah, mailers, if you, you got to have the right messaging, if you have the right messaging, if you know how to make a good mailer, because some people make mailers and they suck, you know, they, they're, they're a jumbled mess. They have, they're a jumbled mess. They have these, you know, like lengthy, um, they have like these lengthy dictas on them that no one can really read. Right. It's like, oh, like all this, this essay about yourself. Those, those are terrible. But if you can get some with like, hey, I've done this, I've done that, I've done this, vote for me for this, that's a good mailer. All right, 508-996-0500. Good evening. Hi, Marcus. Hey, what's up? Just a question. Um, I thought that was a good interview with uh, Mr. Uh, how, you, how you pronounce his last name? Trapillo. Trapillo. Trapillo? Yep. Yeah, and just as an unrolled, my question I'd like him. I would vote for him in the primary against Strauss. Like Strauss has been there for 30 years. But also, as I say, as unrolled, I also want to vote for maybe somebody for governor and a Republican. So I'm either, I can only pick one side, correct? Uh -huh. Yeah, you can only pull one ballot. And uh, you can only pull one ballot. You can't, you can't go cross ballot like that. So you get to decide if you want to vote in the Democratic primary or the Republican primary. It's just a matter of what race means more to you. Is it is it the state rep race? Is it who's going to be your state rep? Or do you want to vote um, for who might be your next governor or who you want to represent the Republican Party as uh, in the uh, in the governor's election? I, I always found that kind of unfair to people who, like myself, were on a roll. Yeah. I, I mean, if you want to vote for, say, a deal or... Or somebody else for the governor's race, or for sheriff's race, or but then you want to vote for Lieutenant Governor as a Democrat, you're forced to stick to one side. Yeah, I feel like logistically it'd be difficult um, to try to do both, right? For the for them to like, okay, here's a Democratic ballot for these races. I guess you you could do it if you had separate ballots for each race. Well, I, I mean, if they just had one for unenrolled, a ballot for people who are unenrolled. I mean, you pick and you one. could and you could pick one. Yeah, I mean they do That's it. Interesting. For, they do that for not the primary, but for the regular election. Yeah. For, say it's for president. You don't pick two. You're not going to pick for one person versus. So you the other. wouldn't. So so you'd have like a, a universal ballot, basically. That would either you could either pick, you know, the more Healy, or you could either circle more Healy's name, or you could uh, vote in the uh, Deal Doty primary. Yeah, Deal Doty, or, mm -hmm. or vice versa to any other, you know, but. But they're almost you're almost forced yeah. to pick one side or the other. Well, you are, right? You're you completely you're totally forced. I, and I feel as an unenrolled person, that kind of yeah rolls people off. Yeah, I think it's it's interesting because this is a particularly busy year for local elections and even statewide elections. So the this 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 is a problem that probably doesn't present itself very often. Um, you know, I I, I mean, I'd, I'd be kind of open to that idea because uh, I think people should be able to. You know, I, I'm fairly, uh, I don't know, I'm fairly open about how, how easy, easily people should be able to vote. So, I, I mean, I'm open to that idea. I guess I guess it's not fair. Again, it's a problem that probably doesn't present itself very often. But I guess, you know, going for it, it maybe it's not fair. But I, I, I wish maybe in the future maybe something would happen with that. I wish there was more unenrolled voters than there are just... We stick to one side. There is a lot of unenrolled voters, um, but uh, you know, there's a lot of them do just lean one way and pull that ballot anyway. But no, I, I, I understand that. Yeah. But, uh, but I think that's a, I think that's a big part of the problem. Yeah. That everybody just sees a D or an R, and that's what they go by. 
Yeah, yeah. no, I, I I hear you, man. It's just I think you're just for now you're going to have to. Do you want to see who represents the next governor, or do you um, want to pick uh, help pick your next um, your next state rep? Uh, it's a difficult choice. I you know I can't tell you which way to go. But no, no, I, I understand that. It's just my opinion on nope. that. Yeah, no, I, I I agree with you. I think that's something. I think that's an interesting idea for sure. All right, thank you. Thanks for the call. 508-996-0500. Good evening. Good evening. This is Crystal from Fairhaven. Hi, Crystal. Hi. Um, I am also, I wanted to say, uh, in res- retrospect to the last uh, caller, that I'm a, um, an independent, and I do have voted Democrat and voted Republican. It depends on who's supporting the views and issues that I support sure. and I believe in. But... um. To get a little off the politics there, because you touched base on a few issues, uh, I was a little concerned when we started talking about becoming a MBTA district, mm-hmm. um, because I happened to work for the transportation department, and I didn't know exactly how that was going to affect employees. I don't think it is. It's just um, it's just a matter of whether or not, and it's something that in Fairhaven we can't vote on uh, anyway. But it's just a matter of uh, does New Bedford want to, uh, you know, do the voters in New Bedford want to opt into getting the service of the MBTA, which apparently would just it wouldn't cost it would cost little or nothing basically just a diversion of funds that already exist into um into the mbta uh into it right into the mbta so in, in terms of if you work for MassDOT or you work for the mbta i think i, I don't I, I don't know how you'd be affected by that um well i actually work for sir <laughs> oh okay oh so, oh yeah I, so that might be yeah, hey, and listen then, oh, okay if you work yeah, for sir yeah and i heard yeah your broadcast that yeah um some of those funds that is normally allocated for certer would be mm-hmm. diverted to the MT- MBTA. So um, I was concerned about that. In that's a, little a bit. that's you a good. Know what I mean? That's a good question, and uh, I think a legitimate concern. Um, I don't know how that's going to be divvied up. Maybe we can ask. Uh, Maybe we can ask Mayor Mitchell or maybe we can ask somebody uh, from CERTA or uh, about whether or not that how that funding is going to uh, affect uh, CERTA services. Because, yeah, if they're going to be diverting funds from CERTA that are going to be earmarked with no other supplements coming in, that that could present an issue. Um, Yeah, Yeah, I thought I thought it might possibly for employees who actually uh, drive the CERTA, Mm -hmm. you know, because if you allocate funds that we get now, uh, does that mean, you know, not enough funds for some of us employees uh, and, you know. Just another one Um, of the uh, of the (laughs) a legitimate question, just another one of the the great many questions we're going to have to get answered with this uh, MBTA district thing. Crystal, I got to hold you there because I got to take this break. Thank you for the call. I appreciate it. 508-996-0500. I'm going to take a break and we'll be right back.